This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin. Episode 33, The Haunting of Building 2283. Off the southern tip of Japan, The Ryukyu Islands are a group of more than 150 land masses of varying size and compositions that make up the Okinawa Prefecture. The largest island, also named Okinawa, is world famous for its tropical beaches and coral reefs. Even more than the leisure locations and vacation getaways, Okinawa is known for its nearly unrivaled place in military history. World War II's Pacific Theater saw some of the most significant pivot points in the history of combat, and the brutality of the land, air, and sea battles fought there were singularly vicious. Japan, and Okinawa specifically, was the epicenter of many of the events that would come to define it. The Battle of Okinawa, fought from April 1st to June 21st of 1945, was one of those pivot points in world and military history. Just 350 miles south of Kyushu, the capture of Okinawa was considered the most important first step in the impending ground invasion of the Japanese mainland. What ensued was one of the bloodiest battles of the war in the Pacific, soon to be dubbed the Typhoon of Steel for its ferocity. The Battle of Okinawa claimed the lives of more than 12,000 American soldiers, and over 100,000 Japanese. This terrible loss of life included both sides' commanding generals. In addition, the nearly three-month-long stretch of combat led to the deaths of over 100,000 Japanese citizens. It's easy to see how calamity on this scale could lead to significant paranormal activity for decades to come. And if eyewitness accounts from all over the island are to be believed, That is certainly the case. But no location has garnered more fear and paranoia than Kadena Air Base. And specifically, a three-bedroom bungalow on the eastern end of base housing that hasn't been occupied since 1988. It goes without saying that a legendary Air Force base finds bravery in no short supply. But there isn't an airman on base willing to brave the dangers, the terror the inner turmoil that curses all those who endure the haunting of Building 2283. Today, Kadena Air Base sits proudly as the largest American military installation in the Pacific region. The quote, Keystone to the Pacific, is home to the U.S. Air Force's largest combat air wing, 
the 18th wing. The 11,000 square acre base is populated by 7,500 active duty airmen, military families, DOD contractors, and Japanese civilian employees bring its total population to a considerable 20,000 residents. But of course, this was not always the bustling military community that it is today. Built just over two years before the Battle of Okinawa, Yarehakojo Airfield was a simple and small set of 4,600-foot crushed coral runways a mile from the tiny village of Kadena. Originally intended to be a small refueling station that would extend the exploration and mission range for Japanese fighter groups, it wasn't long before it became a high-level strategic target for the Allied command. In the aftermath of the Battle of Okinawa, the soon-to-be-renamed Kadena Air Base was captured and secured by American forces. Repairs and improvements were made quickly, and less than a month later it became one of the most valuable assets in the execution of the Japanese ground invasion. In the post-war climate, the U.S. deemed the location too valuable to give up, and began building the massive and impressive airbase that we see today. Over the next 20 years, housing on the base quickly grew to 135 single rooms, 47 apartments, 32 bungalows, and 17 massive dormitories. It is in one of these humble bungalows, building 2283, that a spark of darkness was first struck when tragedy and horror befell its residents in November of 1972. Whether it was the result of mental illness, familial conflict, or just the day-to-day pressures of life in the military, in the late hours of November 11, 1972, Airman First Class Roger Watson forever separated himself from the whole of humanity when he shot and killed his wife and his two young children in their beds before turning the gun on himself. The news hit the community like a wave of shock and disgust. Roger was well-liked on the base. His wife, Carolyn, was a caretaker at the daycare facility just next door. But mourning the loss of their friends would soon be interrupted or exacerbated. A constantly growing airbase has no mechanism in place for honoring the location of a tragedy, and Building 2283 was very quickly slated for inhabitants once again. By January of 1973, senior airman Tyler Daniels and his young family moved into the three-bedroom bungalow. They were happy with their placement. They were fast friends with their neighbors, and being next to the daycare expedited their morning routine. But within a month of their move-in date, Tyler's wife Anna began complaining to friends about persistent headaches. She said that Tyler had been on edge almost constantly since they had moved in. Their young son and daughter, who had never had behavioral issues in the past, now adamantly refused to come home from the daycare on a near-daily basis. She couldn't explain the root cause of any of the strife that her family was suddenly enduring. Unfortunately, she would not be blessed with the time to connect the dots. It is here in May of 1973, just after five months of occupying the bungalow, that a disturbing pattern emerged. Again in the late hours of the night, the head of the household, Tyler Daniels, 
murdered his entire family before taking his own life. This time, even though his service weapon sat on his bedside table, his weapon of choice was a chef's knife from the block in the kitchen. As if suddenly overtaken by some dark force, the formerly loving and supportive patriarch stabbed his wife and children a combined 260 times then lodged the knife handle between the leaves of their dining room table and impaled himself. The following 15 years would see a record 21 families come and go from the bungalow, and with their departures came a steady stream of bizarre and unexplainable reports. While anomalous activity varied, all of these reports shared one thing in common. The residents, one and all, reported unexplained agitation and general illness In October of 1976, that was accompanied by the sound of a woman humming throughout the house. In February of 77, the resident was regularly woken by the sound of children's laughter. January of 1980, the resident woke in the morning to find his pajama-clad 11-year-old daughter standing on the roof of the home in a daze. She had no memory of how or why she had made her way to the rooftop. July 1983, Resident reports an encounter with a young Japanese woman washing her hair over the side of the bathtub. When he approached her to inquire as to why she was in his home, she, quote, dematerialized before my eyes. Reports of this nature went on and on, flooding the office of military police, until in March of 1988, Building 2283 was allocated to Staff Sergeant William Talford. Like the bungalow's original occupant, Talford lived there alongside his wife, Sarah, and two children, Jasmine and Michael. All was seemingly well for the first six months. In September of that year, the pattern would once again emerge. When neither Jasmine nor Michael made morning roll call at their school on Monday morning, a call was made. When Staff Sergeant Talford failed to attend a mandatory meeting, a call was made. But when Sarah was a no-show at the daycare next door where she worked, her supervisor and close friend Amy Morrison walked over to check on her. The front door hung ajar. A stench that she didn't recognize filled her lungs as she pushed through the door and stepped over the threshold. She had no idea that she was three steps through the small foyer from the most disturbing image that she would ever take in. What laid out before her was a scene straight out of the slasher flicks that she avoided like the plague. The children, eight and ten years old, laid over the small round dining table, were more pulp than person. Her friend, Sarah, lay below the table on the linoleum floor, battered and broken in a thick pool of blood. And Staff Sergeant William Talford sat slumped against the refrigerator in his dress blues, wrist slit, paring knife in his lap. It is at this point that the head of housing at Kadena Air Base was determined to put an end to this ceaseless scourge. In December of 1988, Building 2283 was redesignated a storage facility. While this put an end to the insane spat of murder-suicides, it did not deter the darkness within the residents from reaching out to affect those near it. While the phone line had been disconnected since its last resident, 
Neighbors reported that it would ring for hours on end. Military police regularly reported an otherworldly glow coming from behind the bungalow's drawn curtains, only to find upon inspection that there was no source of light inside. Airmen sent to Building 2283 to gather supplies often reported the sound of children running and laughing throughout the house. In February of 1998, a young MP was sent to investigate reports of banging noises coming from inside the haunted hutch. He stepped into the main room, sweeping his flashlight back and forth over the living room. Having been uneasy about the building's reputation to begin with, he rode off the weight in his stomach and cold sweat on his brow, as simple nerves. But as he stepped into the dining room, he felt the unmistakable feeling of someone standing directly beside him. Startled by the realization, he spun around and shined the light where he expected to find another airman or local resident. But what the illumination revealed was a Japanese soldier in ornate battle armor. In reaction to this recognition, the surprised specter lowered its hand to its sword and sent the MP screaming and running from the residence. This was treated as a joke by his colleagues, until just a week later, when two other officers reported similar encounters with ghostly armored warriors in other locations around the base. In 2001, the managers of the daycare next door formally requested that building 2283 be demolished. They cited a multitude of incidents that they believed made a case for the harm caused by the structure on the mental health of both workers and the children in their care. It had become commonplace for children to inform their teachers that they had become friends with the children living next door. This became such a problem that many of the parents were no longer allowing their children to attend the daycare. Later that year, the base commander agreed and ordered the building to be raised. The land on which it stood would be used to extend the playground for the daycare. Unfortunately, this work would not be completed in a timely fashion. Delays were almost constant. Contractors working on the project were constantly reporting severe headaches, hallucinations, and nausea. These attacks were so bad that they would eventually refuse to continue the work. The project saw nine separate contracting firms in eight years, until the building was finally demolished in 2009. As initially intended, the ground where the most haunted house in the history of the American military once stood is now part of a daycare playground. So what was the origin of this curse that lasted over half a century? The spectrum of human action is a marvelous and terrible thing, and there is nothing like war to expose the capacity that human beings have for darkness and depravity. Is this a simple residual haunting that drove people to unthinkable actions? Could it be that these men became possessed by some spectral entity or demonic force? Or could it be that the massive display of violence demonstrated during the Battle of Okinawa opened some rift, ripped a hole in the collective unconscious that allowed just a little bit of evil to leak through into our conscious world? Regardless of the source, it is nigh on impossible to argue with the mountain of eyewitness accounts and inordinate violence that took place in this residence. 
and the whispers that still circulate the base regarding the haunting of Building 2283. Welcome, campers, to Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling. We're your hosts. I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. And now the debrief. And now the debrief. All right. Nice. So we've got a quite a strange case of a haunting. Um, I, there's a lot of stuff that uh, kind of sets it apart a little bit. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm kind of pumped to get into that. So... We have, so we basically have like this, uh, we have the American military in, in Japan, right? In this area, right? Yeah. And you said it was the Okinawa prefecture, right? Yep. I believe. Okay. Good, good, yep, good. It was. So, yeah, um, I'm just, I'm trying to get, you know, gather my bearings, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a, a lot went on. A like, lot, a lot went on and it's pretty damn gnarly. Like. Yeah, this is a pretty. It's very, uh, uh, very Amityville esque. Like, yeah, man goes crazy, murders the whole family, or attempts to. Basically, like you know, it's like that whole, yeah. like almost that whole style, right? So, but see, I think what really sets this apart for me is that it's less about, it's less about the like poltergeisty classic haunting stuff and it's more about like what seems to be like a curse on this place yeah yeah i see that i see that for sure because it's like amityville happened successfully three times (laughs) in one house (laughs) right yeah which i mean in a lot of like older older horror especially and like some older like haunting and possession cases and getting into possession specifically um, have been similar too, you know, kind of a yeah. similar similar vibe to this. So that's what's like: is it is it just is it a curse? Is it a haunting, or is it literally something demonic that attaches itself? Right. So, yeah, this is a, a pretty a pretty intense one. Um, yeah, and obviously we'll, we'll kind of dive into the specifics, but just overall, like. Yeah, I mean this is uh it's 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 almost it's one of those ones that like it's almost traumatic, right? Yeah, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> it's yes, yeah. episodes like this, they they earn their trigger warning for sure. Oh yeah, without a doubt. I can only imagine what this one is going to be. Um Yeah. So, <laughs> go to the show notes and and read the gigantic list of what you just endured. Right, exactly. So we have the uh, southern westernmost Japan is the Okinawa Okinawa Free Prefecture. Um yep. roughly now houses almost 1.5 million people. Yep. Um so at this time significantly less obviously and yeah. the military establishing basically this base and all of the dorms and you know like and and, and everything that was there, right? Yeah. Uh, so this is roughly World War II originally is, I guess, when this started, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they took it over before they invaded Japan with ground forces. Um, the Battle of Okinawa is fairly early in the Pacific campaign. Right. Um, it was like, it was considered a strategic point because they could fly 
ground troops basically straight from from this base to mainland Japan to be you know to be launched on the ground. But um, yeah, this is World War Two Pacific Theater. And so in this one, it was known, uh, I believe, um, quote Typhoon of Steel. Yeah, that's what they called the battle. That claimed roughly 12,000 Japanese soldiers and 100,000... Or wait, okay, my numbers might be wrong. So correct me. I know it was 100,000 Japanese citizens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, was it was 12,000 American American soldiers? Yep. Okay. All yeah, right. 12,000 so American I had that backwards. Soldiers. That was my bad. Yeah. Yeah. It was 12,000 American soldiers, 100,000 Japanese soldiers, and an additional 100,000 Japanese citizens. Oh, and an additional citizen. Oh, Jesus. Okay. I didn't yeah. realize. All right. Uh, all right. I thought that was... Okay. Well, yep. that's that's insane. So, this is literally a place... I think the island as a whole is like... Um, it's like smaller than Rhode Island. Yeah, it's, it's uh so it's in what was it? Uh the Ryukyu Islands. Um and what was it? Geographic area of 2281 kilometers, so roughly 880 yeah. square miles. Yeah. Yeah. So within that space, a quarter of a million people were killed in about 80 days. Wow. Yeah. That's I mean that's tragic. It's literally yeah. tragic. Like, uh. and that's what I mean toward the end of the story where like, maybe this just like this just massive show of the horror that humanity is capable of. Just like, maybe it just like tore space time. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Just like, let something out. It should never have been released. I think I think that's possible. I think that's literally I think that's war in general. I know yeah. like I, I try to keep my views on all of that and I, I know we both do try to keep our views on stuff like that outside. Sure. But this is literally it's, like I mean this is a prime view into into that. You know, yeah. like this is ridiculous. Something that's extremely uncalled for and you know, like shouldn't have ever even been a thing. Yeah. Um literally claimed yeah, at roughly a quarter of a million Japanese citizens, so, yeah. soldiers, citizens, citizens alike. Like, yeah, I mean, it's and only twelve thousand American soldiers. Sure. That that number, yeah. I mean, when you look at when you research World War II, there's a lot of that because. I mean, this is going to sound kind of shitty and uppity coming from an American host, but, like, America is really fucking good at war. And that's what's sad. We always have been. I know. Always. I know, and so it's, it's stupid. We're con- you constantly, when you research battles, find these, these figures. You see them over and over again. 12,000 Americans, 100,000 Japanese. Like, we're really fucking good at war. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's, it's a just, horrible thing to be good at. But it is. Like, it's sad. It's sad for sure. Yeah, but I, you know, this idea that that violent that that these extreme, extremely violent occasions, moments in history, like sort of, sort of, 
create space for evil, I guess, to exist. Yeah. You know, um, I think I feel that that explains why violence so often leads to hauntings. I agree. I mean, yeah, it's it's one of those, and and this is something we've also talked about on previous episodes. Yeah, where like such tragic events, like such such monumental events, lead yeah. to hauntings. It always seems to be a thing. It always it it like they go hand in hand yeah. with reason, obviously. Yeah. You know, and and like you were saying, like you know, what's to say that something wasn't literally released when all this happened you know yeah. I'll, I'll buy that i'll definitely buy that because like yeah i mean it's such a tragic event and with that just man that many people like i i can't yeah. wrap my head around it it's it's insane yeah it's you can't it's there's no way to contextualize that that loss of life we as like, people need to do better 100 yeah. percent. like it's, it's stupid really stupid I like I'm going to get super like woo woo for a second. Like <laughs> sort of the way I see it is our reality is held together by collective unconscious. Okay. So like the, the psychic, okay. Literally the psychic links that bond all human beings are like the fabric of our reality. Oh okay? yeah. Agreed. So like, when something like this happens, I feel like literally that fabric is torn in yep. a place. And it's like a sinkhole in reality. And I, I think that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I just, I feel like that's, that's the source. I mean, I'm reminded of Leap Castle, our episode right. on Leap yeah. Castle, where we discussed as particularly All this like people, torture like, pit. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's yeah. We were we were in the same mindset. All the yeah. people that literally there were like fifteen hundred people down there, and I mean, yeah. or, or more, whatever the number was. But it was like from thirteenth century to what eighteenth century, basically. Yeah. Like, yeah. and all these people that are basically thrown down to the down into this pit, they like literally just yeah rotted. You know, yeah. like, and just because they were either in the mix. Or some other stupid, selfish reason. Yeah, I mean, no, like, Leap Castle was crazy. I mean, yeah. that's like, it's just another example of of insane tragedy. Like, the examples of the worst that humanity is capable of. Really, like, I feel like that's what leads to hauntings. I agree. That's what what leads to like just a little dose of evil leaking through to our world. I don't know. It, it definitely always starts with something that is evil, something that is like sure. has manifested, whether it be like in someone, something that is like you know, like whatever. But yeah. it is always something, something evil that becomes a thing. And whether people are killed, like whether it's a big tragic event, like whatever, whatever it may be, it always Some leads display to of human brutality. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. That's, that's, that's what it is. Um, yeah. And it's, yeah, I think this is, this is a prime example. Like 
that many people like there's I mean there's got to be some people that are left and they're pissed like something some 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 like something that's left behind whether it be a feeling whether it be a spirit or like you know like whatever like sure just this like this collection of things that starts to build up such a major energy that I mean can definitely do some crazy things I'm sure yeah I'm uh, obviously like based on the story some crazy shit happened right right yeah like, so and I'm not sure why this this bungalow this residence became sort of a focal point for it other weird that, things did happen in the area and I'll I'll get to those I was gonna say that was that was kind of a little a little odd because it just happened randomly like with the first uh what Roger Watson was the first yeah. one right so mm-hmm. him killing his family and everything was the very first had the first like activity that this seemed to like really like you know bring about so i guess that yeah that's where i kind of have some questions so like was there anything that we know that happened at this area and obviously we'll get we'll get more into some of the other like families and stuff that live there but like was there anything that we at least know that happened maybe previously at this area like or did it just kind of manifest and he was he happened to be like the first guinea pig in the whole ordeal like you know okay so one big thing is um to this day across the street from the site where the house was cuz the house is no longer there but right there is across the street there is a burial shrine for an ancient samurai master it's literally right across the street from where the bungalow was. Okay. And originally, it was a much larger burial site. That maybe this and was kind built of, par- partially onto? Yeah. Okay. Like, it was much bigger. So a lot of this area is, is I mean, it sounds sort of cliche or whatever, but it's a burial ground. I mean, the house is built on a that's also very common, right? It's it's a very common thing that you know, like these disturbances can cause, yeah, like and especially in such a you know time period where all this tragic stuff is happening, right? Like you know, I mean, there's a lot of energies at play, yeah, and you have to consider that the Japanese culture involves a lot of like ancestor worship. It, very much in the same way that like American, that Native Americans, right? Of course, have a of lot course. of you know revered spirits and ancestors, and it's it's very similar in that way. So like building on a burial ground might lead to some wild shit. You know, I mean, there were literally <laughs> sightings of a samurai warrior. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well. Like. Yeah. It's. Yeah. But see, like what the questions that I have when it comes to that is like, what was so, and maybe, maybe this is again, these energies all at play, like where it's like developed this, like it's almost inherited this, these feelings and this like negative energy that like goes into this old, you know, like ancient burial ground, like whatever else, but like, you know, to like make, 
literally, obviously, everybody on edge, especially the man of the house on edge, make the you know the family start to have headaches and you know children not mm-hmm. want to come home like i mean yeah there's there's obviously a lot of stuff going on but yeah. like to make all of that happen i mean i i guess it's not far fetched it's just i guess my curi- curiosity is like lies in that like why sort of thing but again you know you have all these extra things that are also happening at the time too so, like, yeah. that also, I, I think you have to kind of take that into consideration. And, like I said, maybe they're just, like, from the nether, they're like, oh, we hear this is going on, we're going to, you know, go, like, uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, um, I mean, I don't know. Okay, so, the way I thought about it was, like, keep in mind that this area saw massive ground combat, like, like group on group, one on one ground combat took place in this place. So, right. I mean, there's. It's really there's, hard. It's really it's really difficult to know what exactly could have happened in any given point on the battlefield. But there has to be some like lingering, you know, something, right? So imagine in all this calamity, this death on this massive scale is happening, and. Somewhere on that island, the worst thing that happened that day happened. Somewhere on that island. You know what I mean? Yeah. One of the things that happened that day was the worst thing to happen in a day when, you know, 100,000 people might have died. You know what I mean? Like, And maybe it was right fucking here where this bungalow got built. Right. It's possible. It's just weird that it's specifically that two two eight three. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, and that that I guess, like, you know, and maybe I'm 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 literally looking too much into it, and maybe it's just like a this is what's happened. There was all this negative energy, and it just like bam, shit hit the fan, sort of thing, right? Yeah. Um, but like, you know, it's I, I try to look at it from you know from kind of that perspective, like why, like what is going on, you know, like. And so, but we know, I mean, we know during this time, there is a lot going on. There's a lot of yeah. negative things going on. There's a lot of evil literally yeah. being unleashed in this area. Like, you know, so, and you have like these American soldiers that are living in these, uh, these bungalows, these areas that are killing hundreds of thousands of people. Sure. So like, maybe it was a means of... Uh, not necessarily retaliation, but avenging. Um, you know, Maybe. It's, it's hard to say, right? It's just, it, 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 these are the things, <laughs> these are the things I yeah. think about, you know, uh, just trying to make sense of it because I mean, it is such a, such a tragic story that like, I, I can't help but to like empathize, you know? So yeah. it's, yeah, no, absolutely. It it's no, it's a devastating story. Like I don't, my thing is like with this level of like of violence I I don't feel like in this I don't feel like in this haunting it's necessarily like je- dead Japanese soldiers come back to mess with American soldiers yeah. right like I feel like maybe like literal evil was just leaking out of this place 
on it, like infecting it, the people who encountered it. You know yeah, what I mean? I, I think I think that's that's probably the most. I can't say logical, but the most like it would it would explain the most, right? Yeah. Like I yeah I I tend to agree with you for sure. Um, because the yeah, shit that just, went down in this house, dude. It's yeah, like that's that's what I wanted to get into next. I mean, because and from like, people, from people who never, who never were known to display any like have any violent tendencies right. to like. I mean, these, these are very like, well known, like very yeah. like uh, respected people. Yeah, they committed these crazy things. So. Yes. Yeah, that's that's nuts, you know, and that's but isn't that how like every story like this goes to a degree? Yeah, you know, so and obviously I don't want to go like true crime ish on it, but no, I mean, like that's right. Yeah, it's it's no one kind of tends to be like the, you know, like the angle, right? Yeah, I mean, no one murders their family until they murder their family. You know what I mean? You're you're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, it's just oh man, that's awful, <laughs> dude. It's it's the truth though. Like every time something like this happens, you you know you always get the the stereotypical neighbor on the news going like, "Oh, he was such a nice guy. I never would have right. I used to I go never would have guessed play shuffleboard. Right. <laughs> yeah. I never would have guessed he had thirty eight coeds in his basement." Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's what it's. Man, for people to be like so like nonchalant about things and so like yeah. just being able to keep like and and now I know we're branching out, but like sure. it just it's something to me like I've never understood. Like I I have trouble lying. Like I'm a terrible yeah. liar. I literally am a horrible liar. Like I can't I can't tell a lie. Yeah. Like if I do, like I like start to shake. I start to like you know, <laughs> it's 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 a thing like I get in my own head, you know? Yeah. And I think that's like, you know, just just you know, mental health, but at the same time, like it is something that like I, I struggle with. So I can't yeah. imagine like somebody like being able to like do all this crazy stuff and also be a functioning mem- member of society. Yeah, and like it's insane. that's yeah, that's insane. Uh, no, anyhow, the, the compartmentalization required for, I mean, to be a serial killer, the compartmentalization right, exactly. required to do that. <clears throat> that's why it's so the mental compartmentalization is so has to be so enforced that you often see it reflected in like their homes. Where they'll have, like, these crazy fucked up houses, but one room is kept, like, perfect and pristine. You know? Or the entire house is immaculate. Yeah. And then... And one room is just filled with corpses and... yeah, Or it's the basement. Or it's, like, the secret room that leads to the, like, underneath the house. Whatever. I mean, come on. It's... Oh, man. But a shocking number of times, it's it's the opposite. It's the Ed Gein where like the whole house is fucked up, except for like the room that used to be his mom's is perfect. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Like something like that. Just it, and it's like this physical reflection of compartmentalization in the mind that has to be done in order to go punch a time clock after you raped and murdered someone. Yeah, I, I guess. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's intense. 
I mean, I don't want to get into talking about serial these serial killers, but yeah. like, you know, there's there's some that like, yeah, literally their their houses are, and it, this is like you you're saying, you, it, it's like one or the other, but then like you go to their fridge and it's like body pieces yeah. and you know like, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, man, it's the insane. Dahmer, yes, yeah. exactly, yeah. yes, the Je- Jeffrey Dahmer of yeah. All right. Yep. Anyhow, so going back yeah. to this, that's okay. So, <laughs> we're talking about evil today. We are. Right. We are. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So we have 1972. Um, Richard Watson and his family. What is it? November of 1972, I believe. I think so. So yeah. uh, Roger. Roger. I think I might have said Roger. Roger, yeah, Roger Watson. Watson. Yep. Uh, basically, just starts to act crazy again. The wife starts having headaches. Yeah, um, and goes off on a spree and basically shoots the entire family, including himself. And yeah. then, not even three months later, you have another family that moves in, and that was the family of Tyler Daniels. Yes, yep. in January of 1973, moves yep. in, start the wife, similar headaches. Similar headaches. Uh, the guy is on edge all the time. The kids don't want to come home from this daycare, which kind of curious about the daycare. Um, and now that I'm going off on another tangent, but I assume like this daycare is more of like a like it's not like our traditional daycare where it's like you know like more so like toddlers and stuff like that. It's probably like an area for like children of a majority of ages to be able to like stay or am i completely wrong it's a daycare daycare so it is an actual daycare yes yeah because this base this base is so huge that since the 70s it it has 11 public schools on this base i mean it's there it's full that's that's massive yeah it's full american life inside japan you there's public school run by the dod there's <clears throat> like movie theaters, barbershops, restaurants. I mean, this is a full city, basically, <laughs> that's, on this army yeah, that's, base. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so there there are schools, there are daycares, all that. So there's so daycare next sure door. Because, it's like, preschool age kids. Okay. Because they talked younger. about, like, the kids, like, didn't want to go back. They, like, refused to go home and stuff. So I, like, I kind of had this in my mind that maybe they're a little bit older, you know, like, actually knew, understood some things. No, that's what's um, weird is they were, they're young, like, young, young. Um, which makes the story of what happened even more horrific if you were yeah. picturing older kids before. But these kids were, like, three and five. Oh, man. Yeah, that's you're talking about Tyler, Tyler, uh, what, Tyler, Tyler Daniels. Daniels. Yeah, yeah, he had the youngest kids. They were three and five yeah. years old, wow. and they were they would refuse to come home after at the end of the day at daycare, which is not odd if your kids are thirteen and fifteen, but if they're three and five, your kids usually want to come home at the end of the day, right? I know? mean, unless so, they're like having fun playing with their you know little sure, little sure. friends, whatever. But like the other thing is also um, other reports in this daycare of kids, uh, like they talked about, like all the people that like that live there becoming friends with the neighbors. Yeah. So were the neighbors basically like these little ghostly kids? 
Yeah, I think that's, so. That's how I interpreted it, right. Yeah, that's generally what's assumed. There's this one creepy story in particular where the teacher is sort of like walking around recess and she spots one of the boys throwing things over the fence. And she goes over to him and he's throwing these little like die-cast cars, little Hot Wheels. All right. He's like throwing his Hot Wheels over the fence. And, you know, obviously she's like, you shouldn't do that. You're going to be upset at the end of the day when, you know, when you can't go get them. And he's like, no, no, no. My friends over there, they they asked if they could play with them. I don't mind. And, like, she's freaked out and, you know, sends him in or over to play with the other kids. And as the kids go back inside, she goes and walks around the fence to go get his cars for him. And she finds the cars on the sidewalk in, like, arranged in a perfect circle all facing each other like they had been huh. sat there just gingerly in this little yeah. circle I and mean, you like, can't just throw them and make that happen yeah absolutely <laughs> well it's, yeah that was a super cool little like anecdotal story from yeah the that's, daycare, that's neat okay but little stuff like that was there were lots of reports of stuff like that and that's why they eventually lobbied for the building to get torn down right i mean it's like it's like the they they had this kind of i mean obviously you know the 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 final one is the final straw right it's, it's right. kind of like the last straw when it comes to it uh because one of the girls from the daycare was also friends with the mother right that was yes basically underneath the table and right yeah and the Air Force um, was like, three murder-suicides is enough. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so, man, that's that's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so so they're, they're lobbying to get this place shut down. This is after... So this is, I guess, William Talford and his family was the last family to live there. Yeah, in 1988. And that's where he like what like bludgeoned or beat them to death, basically. And yeah, yeah, yeah. super um, brutal. The and woman, again, a very similar, similar thing. It was always families. Yeah, like husband, wife, and child or children. Right. Yeah, so, they turned them against each other. Now, see what I find what I find interesting is between these three cases. Granted, there wasn't much time between the first two, but in the time particularly between um, between the second and the and the final was, I think, 15 years. All right. Um, it was like a 15-year gap, and there were many families. All in all, there were like 21 families in 15 years. Like, people just... Oh, that actually lived in. there? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, so it wasn't just these three families it was actually a lot more yeah. these were what the more kind of notable ones so there were <clears throat> all the other families none of them lasted as long as the three families who ended in oh wow in mass casualties so like it seemed like the people who started having fucked up experiences and then got out immediately they escaped it they were fine. I mean, I'm sure after being out of there, it was like that hold that it had on you was gone. Right. Just like, again, going back to Amityville, the very exact same right, same concept, right? So yeah. It's like someone pulling a wet blanket off of you. Yeah. Um, but like, 
the but those three families that ended in tragedy stayed i think too long they stayed through they they dealt with the crazy shit they dealt with the constant headaches and nausea and seeing things out of the corner of their eyes and hearing weird sounds and tried not to think otherwise it was yeah. it was more so like this is convenient this is like you know especially being right next door to the daycare being like yeah. such a convenient area I mean, it was probably where, and, and then also you have to think like this is the seventies, right? So like people, people were very narrow minded then too, and it wasn't like oh ghosts, like yeah, this is a, this is a thing, like we better get out of here because this is this is actually happening. No, it was like you, you were like yeah, this is this is silly, like you know, yeah, and just went endured it basically. Yeah, the. I mean, I can see taking that position, but honestly, in my opinion, the only family that gets a pass is the first one. Because the second one, this shit literally happened three months ago. This isn't they had like to a, have known about it. Oh, of course they did. This wasn't right. like yeah, a, they had to oh, have known. Eighty years ago, someone hung themselves in the barn. It wasn't like that. That like they pro- they might have known the people who it happened to. This they moved in three months after their You're, funeral. You know that's that uh, you bring you bring about a good like a good point. Like it's one of those like when you start to notice like yeah the husband's on edge the kids don't want to come home yeah, you're having the like the wife out. is having having massive headaches like yeah. I would think there's a bit of a pattern at that point. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, it's only the second one, but I mean, come on. Like, like honestly, right. yeah. the, wow. when the second wife went to like Shelly down the street and said like, man, I can't get rid of these headaches and, and Tyler's super bitchy all the time. Like, are you telling me Shelly wasn't like, man, this sounds a lot like the last family who died. Right, you know what I, mean? I would think she'd be like, "You need to get out of there now." Yeah, like, there's exactly. obviously something, something happening. This is very similar. Like, yeah, unless, <laughs> I mean, unless like they knew minor details about it and didn't know all the specifics, and yeah. everybody else was afraid to tell them about it. Yeah, that's I'm, a possibility, I guess. You know? But like, man, that's yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even think of it like that. Yeah. All right. Wow. Yeah, I mean, they literally just shift into that same spot three months later. Yeah, like that's. Yeah, they had to know, so they get no pass at all in my mind. I feel like as soon as he got like on edge, the first time he thought like I could just stab this woman in the face, he probably they probably should have got the fuck out of there. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean if you ever have any of those thoughts, like yeah. You need to do something about it. Like not, 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 not that obviously, yeah, but, I know you know, mean. like you need <laughs> that came out entirely wrong. Awesome. <laughs> no, you need to be proactive about it. Like, yeah, yeah. like get some, some, help, some help, you know, like yeah. exactly. Mental health right now is such a massive thing and such a, like, it's, it's a very normal thing. Like yeah. mental health is, is becoming way more normal and, and, and things like that. Like, it's perfectly acceptable to like you have some dark thoughts, go and talk to somebody like, you know, yeah, man. like don't just let it bottle up like this, obviously for sure. No, that's, I mean, wow. if you're human, you struggle. That's just period. Yeah. It, it, that's, that's how it is. Right. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Um, so, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Man. 
And the third family, I don't give a pass at all because this is 1988. This right, and this is this is like, I mean, this. So the original, the the uh, what was his name, uh, Roger Watson. Yeah, seventy two. You're yeah. literally looking sixteen years later, right? Yeah. So, I mean, and they this had is, to have known or yeah. heard something, dude. It's a base legend at this point, right? Exactly. Like they have to know, and maybe like they're skeptical or whatever. But again, the I mean, first time you have those thoughts, I think it's time to get the fuck out of there. Right, exactly. But like some people are so like stubborn and in their own heads that they're like, yeah, this isn't this isn't that. It's like, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm pissy today. Like I had a bad yeah. day. You know, like no, like just be willing to like think things out, like. Yeah, man, I I don't know. I that's it's all I can say, you know. Yeah. Um. So basically, after um. So after the Talford family, after that happened. Yeah. So then, basically, they finally turn this into a storage unit. They're like, well, obviously, this as a residence is not working anymore. Right. <laughs> so let's keep using it, but yeah. let's just store a bunch of stuff here. Yeah. Now, actually. That, uh, before we get to storage times. All right, all right, yeah. yeah no there's worries. a 15-year gap there where some really cool, not super sad stuff happened. Okay? All right. So, like, the constant phone ringing. When no, yes. I mean, no one lived there, and the con- there was constant phone ringing. There was... Um, actually, the phone ringing was was later. Phone ringing was after the Tulford Once it was in storage, yeah. Once it was in storage, right. That's where they had children laughing, um, you know, things like that. Yeah. Which also, Um, getting getting back to just a couple things. Yeah. While you think about this. So, this was the Tulford family where his daughter was out, like, literally standing on the roof, right? No, no, no. That That happened in the gap. That, so that, that happened a, during the gap. Okay. Yes. So in the gap, there was the sound of the woman humming. The one family the reported washing her humming. hair. Yes. That was Which, one of the weirdest ones. Okay. So have you ever seen the movie Stir of Echoes with Kevin Bacon? Yes. Absolutely phenomenal movie. Yeah. Extremely underrated. Like it's actually phenomenal. So I, I remember watching watching this like younger i mean it's it's what 90s right so uh, you know being younger and there's a scene where there's a girl standing like the mom is like literally filling up a tub you know a nice hot water yes and then the ghost girl she's sitting there and the mom can't see her right and the girl puts her hand in the water and then the mom like goes to turn off the water and feels the water and it's ice cold so these are these are scenes that have stuck with me forever yeah this is probably my reason, one of my reasons for literally every time I go into the bathroom, I open up the shower curtain just to, <laughs> just as in like a, as a little thing. I mean, yeah. I've, I've seen some crazy stuff like, you know, sure. like, so it's, it's like, it's almost like a, just a second nature thing. And, but I always, I think about that scene a lot. I don't know why. Yeah. Because it wasn't scary. It wasn't scary at all. It was just like, it was one of those, like, it's unsettling. It is. Yeah. And I think about like that too. Like, man, like what if like, I've got this nice hot shower water going, like, and what if it just ice cold? Then that's all I'm going to think of. There's somebody here with me. Like, 
And so, like, as soon as I heard that scene, uh, heard that part of the story, yeah, uh, about this girl washing her hair and stuff, I immediately replayed that entire scene, like, on repeat in my head. Uh, which is awesome because it's a great scene. It really is. It's just like, like nice. It's very, it is. It's very unsettling, almost kind of creepy, but it's not yeah, like scary. It no, it's, it's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's just off putting for sure. Right. It's one of those situations where the, the thing that had the anomalous event that occurs is it's not scary. It's not blatant. Right. It's just some it's girl not, washing her you know, hair. A monster. <laughs> it's just. Yes. It's just odd and just real enough right. yeah. for you to forever for sure. question reality. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. It's yeah, it's special. And then there's, them running throughout the also like children's right, yeah. laughter is like, reported I mean, by a bunch of the families yeah. in the children. house. Yes. Like, that's 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 one yep. of the one of the ones that get me. Um <laughs> I know. And then one of my favorite moments, one of my favorite reports came from January of 1980. Okay. The dad wakes up and he goes, he does, he can't find his daughter. He goes outside and he finds his daughter in her pajamas, still standing on the roof of the house. Right. Which is, and she's in a total daze. He has to yell her name like four or five times to even get her to like, come out of it she didn't have a history of sleepwalking she didn't she never sleepwalked after this like that we know of that's where i question the demonic presence okay whether it could have been something that was like a slight possession you think maybe for a maybe attempting to drive her to suicide or something Right, because there's there's a lot of instances like that where like some demonic force, and it might not be as present enough, but can manipulate people into like doing things, especially in like a trance state. And this girl happens to be so, and the the father wakes her out of it, and boom, she's she's done. Like she's no longer under that control, because especially during sleep. And there's a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of studies. I don't want to say studies, but a lot of like uh, situations scenarios. Uh, where people have been asleep, and then these demonic forces that cause people to do some crazy stuff under, like, while they're literally basically sleepwalking. Okay. Yeah. So, like, that was kind of like my my take on that kind of at least part of it. But I mean, yeah, it may not have been. Um, but I mean, who's to say? Like, there's already some crazy shit happening. Yeah. Like, you know, why not add that to the mix, yeah. right? I personally feel like like those little splashes of evil are a little more common than than we realize. Those like they I mean, probably whether you call are. it possession. Yeah. Like think about moments where like afterward you don't you can't quite get back in your own head. You know what I mean? Like whether it's like a, yeah. an argument that gets heated or like you know the feeling when you're waiting to scare someone? Like yeah, and you're yeah, like all excited that and like, like yeah, that I like, want to get him. I'm gonna get yeah. him. And it's like yeah, it, it, it's, it's almost dark. scary in itself yeah. because it's a right. really dark frame of mind. Like yeah, I I understand. I feel like that. I mean, isn't that? Couldn't you call that like a a minor possession? 
where just sort of this like darkness takes you over for just a split, you know, a few moments. I I suppose you could. I mean, if we look at it like that, though, then I mean, any dark thought or action, anything could be manipulated to sure. being that. I too, mean, yeah, right? you could like push it farther and farther, but like. I'm particularly struck by those moments where like, where, like I said, you can't like, it's hard to think back to what you were thinking. You know what I mean? Like it feels like it almost feels like someone else was there. Right. Yeah. And, and especially where you lose, like, it's kind of like you kind of lose memory of it. It's, 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 you're not in your head. You're like, it's like something else is going on. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Just, you know, food for thought. That's now I'm like, I creeped. Well, I'm hungry. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. I creeped myself out (laughs) talking about that, like mental state when you're waiting to scare someone. I mean, it's like, it's such a, and and, and I'll I'll go back to it, but it's like, it's such a, it's a weird state to be in. Because it's like that antsy, yeah. that antsiness. Like you have that, like not in your stomach, like just like you would if you were actually being yeah, scared. It's like a, it's like it's a like, dark giddiness. Yeah, it's it's a real. I mean, it's it is yeah. a thing, and I know exactly yeah. what you mean because, like, and I've been in those. Like, I love I love to like just like those yeah, jump yeah. scares, right? And I love like especially like, watching horror movies with someone I can just like yeah. and like get him at the perfect time. And you're like, you're waiting. You're like, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm ready. Yes. I'm ready. But like, and you just have that like feeling like it just overtakes you. Like you're just excited. Yeah. But at the same time, it's really dark. It is. And it's kind of twisted excitement. Yeah, it is. Right. It, I yeah. kind of started to get it when you were just describing it. That's weird. <laughs> okay. it's yeah it's it's awesome and that's like and i think that's why like people people like work at like haunted houses and like different attractions and things like that because they love they like i mean because it's a great feeling it's 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 an excited feeling it's like it's like doing something that's very exciting like riding a roller coaster you know like you know you're gonna get scared you know that like there's things about it like but you're you're ramping yourself up for it like you're just amped yeah right and it's like it's that it's just it's just another form of See that's the thing is it's it is a good feeling but it's also it's there's also this like there are like shades of shame to it because you know you're about to Maybe. like upset yeah. someone you know what i mean mm-hmm. even if it's just for a split second that they're startled like you know you're about to like adversely affect someone and you're pumped about it you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, I guess if you put it like that, then it doesn't yeah. quite sound so fun. No, but like when you're in the moment, those, you know, those feelings are muddied together. And like, yeah, you know, for sure. That's what makes it such a unique feeling. It's, it's a blend, right? Yeah, I agree. I agree. But yeah. So the, <clears throat> the last one that I got a hold of, the last report from, from before the Talford family was the girl in the, the Japanese girl at the bathtub. She was just kind of sitting yeah. on the side of the tub, leaned over washing her hair in the bathtub. And he like walked up and was like, what are you doing in my house? And he literally said she dematerialized before my eyes. Like she, he watched her vanish in right. front of him. 
Which is, I mean, that would be terrifying, yeah. to be honest. Like, it'd be a little, it'd be a little different if, like, she, like, at least, like, said something like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh this is where I parked my car. <laughs> and then she, like, disappears. <laughs> you know, like, at least something to, like, lighten sure. the mood a bit. Uh, <laughs> uh. But, yeah, no, that, that, like, like I said, that's what, like, made me think of that Star of Echoes <laughs> movie. It just, it was, like, you know, like, that. It was oh, weird. This isn't for where sure. I parked my car. <laughs> Do you validate? That's... Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's a super creepy, super creepy. I use that line all the time, though. <laughs> uh, still, which is sad, yeah, actually. A little bit. Um... Yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, it that one that one's super creepy though. Like he was yeah. I actually saw a clip of him talking about it. The guy who experienced it. And yeah. um He was still fucked up about it. You could tell. Like he was a little shaken just telling the story. I mean, yeah, you see something like that and you can't really explain, especially if she quote unquote dematerialized. Like, I mean, that's, that's what's that. That'd be the scariest part about it. Like seeing it, that's not a big deal. Also, if you literally watch it, just like, yeah, you often hear like, I looked away and I looked back and they were gone. That's way less scary. And they were gone. Right. That's way different. Exactly. Same with UFO encounters. Watching the act of it. Right. Yeah. When you get distracted from a UFO for a second and then you go back and can't find them, that's whatever. It's gone. But when you actually watch it, like blink out of existence or fucking like into the sky. That's, that's what stays with you. Exactly. So that's why I'm saying, like, no wonder, no wonder he's like still like a little like yeah, twenty five years about later, it, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think if I had if I had seen like something like that too, I'd be I'd I'd be a little a little just off put for yeah. sure. I mean, it would change my life forever. Like, I've never seen anything just literally vanish before my eyes. Like I've always like looked away and then looked back and it's gone. Like, you know, like, yeah, just like you're saying, like, that's always, that's always how it is. Um, which maybe it's just eye trickery. Maybe it's just like your mind, like whatever. But regardless, like watching something literally vanish before your eyes, there's no way you can explain that. They agreed. There's, there's no way. It changes the way you see the world permanently to see something like yeah. that. Oh, without a doubt. Without yeah. a doubt. Imagine, man, I often think about like hardcore skeptics. You know what I mean? And like, I wonder how they would react to to a situation like that. I imagine they would have. I, that's what I, I, I was wondering yeah. if that's where you're going. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I wonder the same thing because, like, I think even a hardcore skeptic would be like, uh, yeah. What? It'd be so hard to. I mean, I imagine they'd go and, like, get a like, brain scan to make sure they didn't have, like, a brain tumor or. Maybe. Yeah. But, like, say and there's. We're getting back into Whitley Streamer again. Yeah. <laughs> 
his entire like brain he did a bunch of brain scans yeah. and things like that to make sure he wasn't like just seeing crazy stuff yeah i mean he like his case kind of became like canon for ufology in general right oh, yeah. so like right yeah, yeah. It's pretty easy to accidentally... A little bit different of a situation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But <laughs> it's pretty easy, though, to accidentally cite a thing that happened in that case because fucking everything happened in that case. Like, oh, yeah, everything. That's, that's without a doubt, dude. Oh, man. I can't wait to do that episode because it's yeah. so nuts. And it's exciting right now because we both have an alien one that we're both really looking forward to covering. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. Yeah. I know it. As we talk about this haunting that we're just kind of yeah, brushing yeah. to the side. Um, no, it's, uh, yeah, like, it's it's just something like that I, I think would definitely, it would, it would definitely stick with you. Like a skeptic, I think it would mess them up, to yeah. be honest. It would definitely take everything that they knew and thought they knew and throw it out the door because there'd be absolutely no way that they could ever rationalize that. Yep. Other than mind trickery, but like at the end of the day, dude, be honest. Like, be honest with yourself, you know? Like, yeah. mind trickery is really like, uh, you know, that's it's going to be very rare in a case, <laughs> obviously, in a case like that. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. So eventually it becomes a storage facility. Um, and weird right. shit keeps happening, right? The yeah, phone's yeah. ringing like for the phone hours. Ring, the, humming, the phone's the... right would ring for hours and yeah. hours on end. And man, imagine being right? a neighbor. <laughs> that would be so Super annoying. annoying. Oh, that would be. There was so also annoying. like weird smells reported from the street. There were um, MPs reported seeing the banging, um, sounds. banging sounds, glowing from behind right. the curtains. Um, people yep. would get like sudden sharp headaches as just walking by the house. Like lots yeah. of lots of weirdness, and then of course there's the encounter that the M- that an MP reported after going there to get supplies, where he That's he literally encountered an one of the craziest a Japanese yeah. warrior in full samurai armor, a full on yes. apparition right in front. I mean, because he did he did yeah. a double take. Like he thought he heard something, and he because he felt like something was by him yeah. next to him, so he like whipped around, whipped his flashlight around. There's nothing, and then all of a sudden, boom! There's this yeah. thing, right? So like, yeah, yeah, that would be oh oh man, ugh, ah. I don't like it. I don't like it. I I ugh. yeah yeah. But it, just imagine that you like the thing reaches for its sword. It just like uh, I'm out. Yeah. He screams and runs off. Yeah, like, he said, "Fuck that." I would do the same. I think. <laughs> What's it gonna do? Come no, at me, bro. Fuck that. Come at me. <laughs> I'm not getting ghost samurai. No doubt. Yeah, no, I think he did the right thing. So, um, it I also became so. fairly commonplace so. to see um, a samurai an apparition of a samurai like on a horse on horseback um riding into like up the road that led to ha- the housing units yeah oh really so nice. like there were quite a few reports okay. of that and like i so i mean this area is obviously r- was really yes. big that this yeah. is built on 
Yeah, it's quite All large. Right. That it kind of I think that puts it more into yeah. perspective. I mean, I have a a list of other shit that happened in the area. If like if you're into that. I mean, yeah. Cuz like it's easy. I wanted to really focus on this bungalow because it was like it was right, the most famous. Like it became they literally on Halloween on the base they do like spooky sites tours on the base and they used to take people by this house before it got torn down and like talk about its history. They wouldn't take them no. inside of it. They didn't go inside of it. But oh man. That would be yeah. gnarly. Like that'd be so gnarly. There's some pretty gnarly. cool accounts from tour guides like standing there talking about the history and the whole um group seeing like the curtains get pulled open suddenly and like yeah, yeah. like and hearing the phone ring from the street and like all this shit that they swore was never so set that's, up and it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um I I definitely dig like I dig it. Like it's it's really cool. It's a very it's extremely unsettling yeah. thing, you know, Dude, it's weird. It's very weird. So I'm gonna real quickly just give you like some bullet points of other weird shit that happens in this area, okay? Sweet. Sweet. Then I want to divert after that into another subject that I just would like to kind of talk about before we kind of okay. start to yeah, close everything. All right. So 25 miles northeast of Kadena is a place called Camp Hansen. Okay. So just like Kadena, it was <clears throat> it was a Japanese airfield that was captured during that same battle, the Battle of Okinawa. All right. Um, and it actually saw the heaviest American casualties on the bat like of the battle took place in the on this air airfield we lost more american troops in that spot i was gonna say of american casualties okay Um, right so they have this legendary guardhouse at gate three okay and there were there were reports like dozens of reports of seeing this like blood-soaked american marine from like World War Two era, Marine, who would hmm. like come right. up and silently like hold a cigarette out and like asking for a light of a cigarette, and then like people would hold their lighter up and it would vanish. I was gonna say what happened if you offered him right. a light, but all right. um, there were sounds of like hushed whispers in Japanese. Which it was assumed that they were the ghosts of of Japanese soldiers from the same era from World War Two. Eventually, All right. the head of the base cho- like had was basically forced to close the gate permanently because it was a constant struggle to get people to agree to be stationed there because of how like notoriously haunted it was. Yeah, yeah, I would say pretty crazy. So now we go like back down south, 200 yards outside of Kadena Air Base. So right outside on the beach, there's a place that's now called Banyan Tree Golf Course. But during okay. World War II, it was a Japanese field hospital was set up here. And um, hmm. down at the edge on the like on the actual beach, 
there's a cave called Banyan Cave, and the locals refuse to go near it. Okay. During the war, 17, when Americans, when the Americans took over Kadena, the, the airstrip, 17 Japanese nurses from the field hospital were terrified of Americans because of the Japanese propaganda. And so they escaped to the right. cave and okay. all committed suicide in the cave. Oh, I was going to say like the cave being like the, you have this like basically Japanese hospital. No, the cave wasn't the hospital. In this area, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. I know, but I'm saying in yeah. this area and then for there to be like a cave nearby, I was wondering what the significance yeah. was going to be. Yeah. They, right. yeah. 17 yeah, Japanese nurses committed suicide inside the cave. So to this day, they report that you can like hear screaming and crying and stuff like wailing coming from the cave. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. And then on the other side, there is Mita Point, um, which has a very similar backstory, uh, but it was soldiers who were committing suicide rather than surrender. Um, And it's this high like cliff line on the coast and apparently you can see at points there have been um, sightings of ghosts like kind of throwing themselves off of the cliff over and over again very uh, Leap Castle yeah. again right has a spot like that right yeah very yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so I mean the whole the whole area there's Okinawa is kind of like soaked in ghost stories there's actually a really cool yeah. book. I mean, it sounds called like it. the Ghosts of Okinawa that covers like a ton of these. It's like 580 pages of just Okinawa ghost stories. It's pretty awesome. Nice. Yeah, it's by Jane Hitchcock. So you know, check that out. Sweet for sure. That sounds yeah. That sounds like something that'd actually be yeah. awesome to read. So what did you want to touch on before we wrap up? So. One thing I wanted to go back on, and, and yeah, I mean, just even knowing like some of the other like crazy stuff that happened there too, like at least in the general vicinity, right? Yeah. Um. There's there's a lot of like there's definitely a lot of like presence and energy going on in that area. So the other thing that I really wanted to touch on, and I know we kind of mentioned it previously, was that they wanted to tear this building down. And use it as an extension for a playground yes. for the daycare. So, <laughs> yeah. So, and I know, I know, you know where I'm going with that. Like, it's, I mean, what kind of an idea <laughs> is that, first of all? Yeah. <laughs> like, who in their right mind is like, all this crazy stuff has happened here. Let's tear it down and let's let the kids right, exactly. play there. It's. I mean, come on, man. You think like tearing this building down is going to get rid of like anything that's right. on that land? I just imagine. I imagine it's the silly. meeting. Like it's like, look, Tanya. Everyone who goes in this building, who goes on this land, kills their entire family. All I'm saying is we should tear it down, put up a jungle gym. Ah, uh, question. Yeah, you in the back. Uh, are our kids safe? No. (laughs) Okay, I'm on board. Like, come on. (laughs) 
Oh, that's man. It, like, what kind of an idea it's is that? It's such a half cocked, fucking idiotic <clears throat> plan. Yeah, like it's just one of the most stupid things I've ever Dude. heard. Especially for this being like such a, I mean, it's like such a significant area, and you've had literal families massacred yeah. here. By some presence, some force that you have to, I mean, at that point, like, if they're not, like, on board with this, like, the idea that there's some force behind this, then I don't know what is wrong with Three them. entire families don't get killed in the exact same way, in the same house, over the course of 16 years. That doesn't happen by coincidence. Right. I mean, you don't believe anything's coincidence, but exactly. even for people who... I mean, it's literally... Even for people who do sometimes believe in coincidence this can't be that it's the same story though that's the thing it's the same story the the method of it is might be slightly different but it's the exact same story like come on like they're like it's a pattern once patterns develop you have to recognize these because you're right it's the same thing mom gets headache dad gets anxious Dad violently murders family and commits suicide. It happened three times in a row, yeah. dude. And then, it, and they're just like, "Let's let our exactly. kids play there because yeah. that's fine." Come on, and that's what it is to this day. Ugh. It's it's part of the playground. Is it st- still? Yeah, it's part of the playground, <sighs> dude. Man. I hope everybody's fine. Me too. I mean, maybe it doesn't affect children maybe. the same way. I don't know. <clears throat> but still, jeez, Louise. So, yeah, that's that's what I want. I just I yeah. wanted to get that out because there was no way I could keep I I I was I was yeah. oh, I need to get that off my chest. <laughs> <laughs> like that's so Yeah, it's wrong. really dumb. It's But I mean, regardless, like everything else though, really really cool. Like, you know, like, you know, definitely like creepy, off-putting, unsettling, but yeah. really cool. And these are like, these are the types of episodes and stories that I, yeah. I love, you know, like, cause you know, we get deep and we actually get to talk about like some creepy For shit sure. so. and some deep stuff. It's I awesome. like, I appreciate the, <clears throat> right. I appreciate sure. the paranormal episodes for sure, because I feel like we end up talking more about like the human condition. You know what I mean? I think so too. Right. And just what drives like somebody to this point and how like just how mankind is off. Gives us a chance to actually get like philosophical about like what is the nature of evil. Right. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. For sure. I feel like those are those exercises are good for the soul. Even just talking about it, I think is good. I think so too. uh, Because it at least makes me feel like I'm, I'm. you know, I feel like I'm a pretty yeah. normal person in that regard. Like, you know, I, maybe, maybe, yeah, just way too empathetic, but still right. like, you know, like I just, I don't understand what drives people to do the crazy things well, that they do. You know, Ryan, so. don't limit yourself. <laughs> you don't, <laughs> no one, <clears throat> I don't even know what that means. And I'm not going to buy it. Don't into limit it. yourself because no one murders their family until they murder their family. <laughs> wow all right well on that note and that concludes episode 33 
The Haunting of Building 2283. Thank you, thank you, thank you. From the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly, probably cryptid hearts for listening. We absolutely love having the chance to discuss all these wild creatures and events every week, and it's your continued attention that allows us to carry on. And if you want more, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash campfire tales of the strange and unsettling. It's there you will find bonus content, behind the scenes, or just keeping up on our day to day, and maybe some swag along the way. It is our way to show thanks for your support and do everything we can to provide you with as much content as possible. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash campfire tales of the strange and unsettling. With that said, we want to get to know each and every one of you, so please come and check us out on all the socials at campfire.tales.podcast on Instagram and Facebook, at campfire.totsau on Twitter, and you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. If you love the show, please rate and review it. It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling. And lastly, we do have our merch store. You can find the link available on all of our social media or via our link tree. Show your support. Buy a shirt, buy a sticker, buy a blanket, buy a pillow, anything that you want to rep Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling. And a special thanks to Greg Martin at Reverent Music on Instagram, the brilliant mind behind the gorgeous music that you hear each week behind the debrief. So go find him at reverentmusic.bandcamp.com or you can visit his Spotify page by searching Reverent. R-E-V-E-R-E-N-T. All of these links can be found in the episode description. Go and support him. You both deserve it. And that's it. Until next time, I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. And remember, campers, stay weird and trust in the unknown.